mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 126 of the interview podcast. On the 8-Bit Collective, we are powered by Audio Technica. I'm your host, John O'Peck. Today, we're talking about archaeology. That's right. Putting on my fedora, cracking out my whip, and talking to an archaeologist. You can catch her on Twitter at It's Alice Oak. And I've wanted to talk to Alice for a while. She just finished her thesis, which focuses on community engagement in the field of archaeology. And of course, as a huge nerd with an obsession with Indiana Jones, I've been interested in the realities of archaeology, how it's different from the way it's portrayed in the media in Hollywood. Obviously, it's a huge disparity. I don't know if there's any bigger gap between the way something's presented in film and the way that it is in the real world. But it was great to talk about that. And I guess the journey that Alice has been on through her very intensive studies to write this thesis and have such a focus on the social issues involved in archaeology, how it impacts the local native cultures in many cases, especially in Australia as an indigenous people who, you know, they've been here much longer than us. So any archaeology that's happening in this country is concerned with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history. So I found that really fascinating as well as, I guess, the different philosophies that circulate through the field of archaeology. For example, it belongs in a museum. We're going to look at that idea that's famous from the last crusade. Just some of those discussions that are happening around the world in terms of the rights of people to take artifacts out of countries, to put them in museums, especially with colonization and taking things into the Western world. So a lot to unpack here with Alice and I really enjoyed this chat. So I hope you get as much out of it as I did. But for now, here she is. It's Alice. Alice, thank you so much for joining me. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's all right. It's your first podcast? Yes. <laughs> Very good. I should. I probably shouldn't have pointed that out to everyone. Now they're going to be judging you. Yeah, so early on now, <laughs> no, yeah. There's no pressure. We're all a, we're all a very friendly audience and, and listenership here, so mm. it'll be fine. So uh, we've been talking about doing this for a couple of months. You yeah. have just completed your honours yes. in a number of very intelligent sounding studies. <laughs> Would you like yeah. to list them off the top so that people know what we're dealing with here? So I did a Bachelor of Arts and then I majored in Ancient Civilizations and Indigenous Cultures and Histories. So when I went on to do my honours, I wanted to combine them and do something that would you know, cover both of those topics. So I looked at archaeology, um, mm -hmm. specifically looked at community engagement in archaeology so how archaeology is relevant to contemporary societies mm. Mm. that is interesting i guess because archaeology is so often seen as this kind of old thing and yeah. ancient cultures and civilizations yeah. so yeah uh, i guess in a nutshell how is it relevant to to our modern people you know i'm going to ask you to sum up your entire thesis in like a minute oh but... <laughs> my gosh that's a huge that's such a huge question yeah, look, I think, well, my inspiration for picking that particular topic was that in studying both ancient cultures, which is more your ancient Egypt, Mesopotamia, Anatolia, um, like Greek and Roman stuff compared to indigenous archaeology within Australia, is that they are approached so differently. So when I study in ancient cultures, we usually talk about things like such a distant point in the past. But with indigenous archaeology, you always talk about the effects of what it has in the present, particularly like social and political hmm. 
things like issues around heritage. Um, and so I wanted to get to the bottom of why they're practiced so differently, because I think in ancient Egypt, for uh, in Egypt, for example, you know, they don't usually talk about um, the connection to contemporary people in Egypt, but they're still the inheritance of that mm. ancient culture. You know, they didn't die out. They're still the ancestors of those people. But um, I think just the way that that history has been presented, it creates a huge divide between the past and the present. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, <laughs> to look at, you know, why that was like and, and you know, why um, archaeologists don't really talk to those communities because it does have a huge effect, um, has a huge effect on, you know, how you're representing a certain mm-hmm. culture. You know, are you representing a diverse group of people? Um, under the same identity, which is just completely inaccurate. And archaeology does have effect as well because it brings attention to those cultures through tourism um, and, you know, through the media. And archaeology is conducted in the lives, in the daily lives of people, in their, Hmm. you know, daily going about doing things. Sure. So... Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if I would ever have a chance to read it, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's um uh, it's a lot because I also looked at theoretical movements and their contribution to community archaeology, mm. and that's like a very long and boring topic, and I still don't really understand <laughs> a lot of what I wrote, but I know that it's very important. <laughs> sure. So I guess my interest in having this conversation mm. is the same as the majority of giant nerds mm. out there, and it goes back to just being a huge fan of Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. What was your what drew you to mm. archaeology? Was it something equally nerdy or something yeah. a bit less? Yeah. Um in a way it was completely by accident and in some ways I feel like it was probably always going to happen because my my thing was I actually didn't see Indiana Jones until really recently. I would say like this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I know. I know. It's <laughs> shameful. But I saw the mummy and the mummy was my inspiration when I was really young, of course, because it's quite old that movie. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just kind of become a, became obsessed with ancient Egypt, and I wanted to be an Egyptologist. Mm. But I guess I never really thought that it was a career. Like I didn't realize it was something you could get into because it's always shown as I don't know. It's always shown in that really well, it's always kind of, in the fifties or forties. That's right. Or, yeah, that yeah. Thing, yeah. And it's always like. I don't know. They're always like heroic treasure hunters, you know, like Mm. they're all Western European going to all of these really exotic countries and just didn't even seem real then. But And you don't hear about it too. You don't hear about it, yeah. Nobody knows an archaeologist. I know. And I actually did uh, something on Twitter. It was a while ago now where I asked people, you know, what they thought about when they heard the term archaeology. And the two top responses was, Indiana Jones, obviously, and dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. And I was like, "Oh Which my god, not accurate <laughs> that's, at all, is that's it? not." Yeah, but it's because everyone gets their information from like the media and popular culture, mm. I guess. Yeah, so, but I guess even you were drawn yeah. to it from the Mummy. Yeah, so exactly. Like, it, it must be like the highest like influence from Hollywood of any mm. occupation. Mm. It's like I imagine every archaeologist was inspired by either. You know, Indiana Jones, Uncharted, yeah. or yeah. Tomb Raider, yes. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and actually, I I went to I went back to uni to study something completely different, and I ended up taking ancient cultures as an elective subject. And um mm. and in that first subject, we in the first lecture, I think we were talking about some ancient library full of stone tablets and i was like this is so cool i want to do this and then like as the years went on because it was introductory subject i guess they were just trying to grab us you know as time went on i was like wow this is actually really political it's such a serious subject um and yeah it was it was so different to what i expected but i actually enjoyed it more knowing that i think 
um that's cool yeah but i, I think you know it's a interesting that you brought up about indiana jones and movies like the mummy because um you know i think within archaeology we always have this conversation of like how do we practice archaeology more honestly when that is the image that people have Mm. of what we do when it's so wrong (laughs) it's so wrong (laughs) yeah i'm sure it's much less exciting and adventurous yeah no it is yeah (laughs) i yeah Yeah, I think I've read some good articles or, or videos about like how irresponsible mm. Indiana was to oh, uh, you yeah. know enter all these like s- holy sites and mm-hmm. like disturb the mm. sites and to to actually mm. take the artifacts. Yeah, I've, I think I even read an uh, an article recently, or it could have just been a tweet that was about like the ethics of like returning. Oh yeah, artifacts from from museums to their original people. Yep. Is that a conversation that's happening in archaeology? Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot of archaeology is um, centered, particularly indigenous archaeology, but it's definitely relevant to other locations. Is post-colonial theory. So everything, um, you know, I mean, in Australia, colonizers. It's you know pretty obvious, but um, there's also in you know in the middle east a lot of countries a lot of their museums are controlled by you know british or french for a really long time and i think in ancient egypt sorry not in ancient egypt but in in modern egypt um only i think really recently they gained control back control of all the museums which is Mm. just i don't know crazy when you think about it like you know how did the western side of the world decided that they could own and represent everyone else (laughs) Mm. it's a little bit uh controversial but it's definitely something we talk about a lot interesting okay Mm. so whilst we're on the topic Mm. what what is archaeology really like i know that it's probably a lot more of reading books Mm. and and writing and uh, observing things Mm. but you know for the people out there that are curious whether they're indiana jones fans (laughs) mummy fans whatever it is like how would you actually describe the reality of archaeology? Um, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to do any field work. That's something I'm still yet to do. That's ahead of you. Yeah, yes. that's ahead of me. Um, so you don't get too much opportunity while you're at uni because it's all sort of academic. And I do kind of wonder whether there is quite a divide between archaeologists who are in the academic world who you know, talk about theory and things and then um, also those who do field work. And I think that there is a huge difference in the reality of archaeology in both of those in sure. both of those aspects. But I think it really differs everywhere you go and every profession you decide to go into. Because archaeologists also work as heritage advisors. They may work with mm. mining companies to do surveys. Um, you know, they may be digging up really ancient sites or they might be teaching in museums or do a combination of all of those things. So I think what I didn't know was that there's such a huge diversity of um, roles in archaeology that you can go into. So I think there's something for everyone. Sure. Is there a variety that is treasure hunting, though? Um, <laughs> well, Because like, mm, I guess there's this idea yeah. that all the treasures have been found, mm. but that's not necessarily the case. I suppose yeah. we have even, you know, Native American artifacts mm. being uncovered. There's probably indigenous mm. carvings and, you know, Maori artifacts that are being discovered mm. all the time, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a value is kind of subjective, you know. Um, mm. I think as archaeologists, we kind of want to not impose or infer value onto things that doesn't that don't belong to us, um, because mm. something that we may see as seemingly, you know, 
not significant to someone else is really significant depending on their own history or oral history of that area um, or you know things about their culture that we don't necessarily know because some information is you know with indigenous culture some information has to be passed down you have through some sort of a ritual way or some you have to kind of inherit it or something like that so Hmm. um value is definitely subjective yeah no that's yeah it is and where do you think like what's what's happening in australian archaeology as far as what people are focusing on in terms of you know discoveries and Mm. what we're learning about the country that we've been in for a small amount of time given it's it's the full picture of its settlement Mm. again i think because i haven't um you know done any field work it's kind of difficult for me to Mm. to comment on um but i think a lot of archaeology well in i don't know if it's the same for all states but i know for victoria you have to have uh, permission to do any kind of archaeology um you have to have permission by the traditional owners of that land to do anything um and it has to be a minimum of consultation so they have to agree that what what you are doing is going to help them in some way it's got to be mutually beneficial and i mean yeah it's kind of it's kind of endless it goes to um you know native title sure yeah talking about maritime archaeology as well and i think because archaeologists really work in partnership with indigenous people now and that's sort of what my thesis is on in terms of community engagement Mm. archaeology uh is that yeah research can really take many forms and sometimes archaeologists might go in with an idea of the things that they want to study but the community has a different idea and then you have to kind of either negotiate that or um just completely give up control and just decide well i mean it's really their heritage to study and we kind of mm. rather than become the directors of research they may use us as a means of research sure. yeah so there's kind of been a shift definitely in yeah. like is it a recent shift or is it something that's been seen as important for a while yeah now? probably last few decades i think yeah i think um it's it's definitely a shift in power is is a really big conversation mm. yeah because uh, a lot of the time well i mean there's immense amount of power that you have to be able to represent and reconstruct someone's identity especially if you are coming from the outside as a foreigner um which happens quite often and the way that you present information is so important has really lasting effects socially and politically uh you know you may be talking about that within a small circle within a university in academic language which isn't really accessible to the people that you're talking about okay so when it came time to do your thesis Mm. what was the process like for you i'm interested (laughs) i guess from you know this podcast is often talking about hard work and Mm. that sounds like one of the hardest things anyone can do (laughs) to me is to to write however many thousands and thousands of words on on this particular topic so yes eighteen thousand. i guess you you have to decide the topic you have to decide how much am i going to be able to say Mm. what am i going to add to the discussion How did that all come about for you? Oh, my gosh. How did it? <laughs> um, I feel like it didn't even really come together until the end. <laughs> um, mm. It's a really long process because I, I I think for, you know, when you go through your degree, you do a lot of subjects and you do a really broad range of subjects as well. So you never really become an expert in, in anything. Um, and uh, my topic was completely new. Um, I had two supervisors, one from each department. So I was, um, 
you know, trying to have conversations with both of them about how my topic would be relevant to both. Um, but they do give you a lot, a lot of help and a lot of guidance, which was, which was good. But I think I did about six months of just reading and trying to understand what I was talking about, just about community archaeology. And then I think I spent another three months just reading about theory because theory is so dense and difficult to get through. And I hate it, but I also really love it now. And I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot in archaeology too, even though we really should. And What does that mean? Like yeah. when you talk about theory mm. and archaeology, mm. what, what, what does that mean? So, oh gosh. So, um, <laughs> um, I love asking questions that just like open a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, well, I mean, theory justifies why and how we should do things. So, for example, the post-colonial critique is talking about, you know, power relations and control, um, the way that, you know, colonizers controlled the identity identity of Indigenous people in in order to pursue Mm. their own agendas. Um, uh, A lot of the conversations of theory revolve around the privilege of science over um, other methods of research like oral history and how yeah we always privilege science as the i guess like the superior way of of viewing the world Um, but how difficult that is when you're trying to use science to describe the human experience it's yeah, you're talking about humanity and culture yeah. and science in the same way. Yeah, breath. yeah. It's um it's really difficult. So a lot of theories sort of talking about how do we how do we balance that and how do we navigate that? How do we keep archaeology relevant to in an academic sense, uh, and also properly represent people in the way that they should be. And a lot of that kind of steers towards if we engage with communities with them about their own culture and use their own experiences, then that's how we add that extra dimension mm. to research. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to bring this back to Indiana Jones as much as cool. I can. Cool. Yeah, no, do it. Yeah, because I'll just start losing yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to ask where the idea of it belongs in a museum fits oh. into the different schools of thought, because that's, I guess, the kind of mm. the a, a central part of the th- at least the third movie in the series okay haven't uh, seen that one and, yet okay well that's my favorite okay one. all right i'll watch that, that tonight yeah. <laughs> the second one was uh, just so long though i couldn't watch the yeah. end of it because it just dragged just, on there trust were, me is the it the third, one where they're the in the one. cart and they're just going for like ever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. temple of doom yep, yes yeah that one yeah <laughs> no, the last crusade sean connery <laughs> okay. harrison ford all right you can't go wrong you know but yeah there's this idea that you know this artifact it belongs yeah. in a museum, essentially, and that—that's the mm. reason he's pursuing it. Is and like mm. that in in and of itself is the reason that he goes through all this. So, is that mm. an idea that is discussed that has merit, or is that a dated way of thinking about it? And I guess is that like it's for culture to enjoy and to learn from, like a, from a it's almost like a historical perspective more than scientific. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Uh okay. So artifacts belong in museums. Well, I think. Part of that is that we sometimes view ancient things as belonging to everyone so that it has this universal value that it's, yeah, that it's, it belongs to all of humanity. And so I think that's why put them in museums. But I think it also is a power thing as well, because we're probably talking about Western museums. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah, we're probably talking about, you know, the larger museums in America and, and the UK. And yeah, I think this idea of it's really, it's really tricky to talk about protection. You know, you're trying, mm-hmm. you, you take an item away from that country in order to protect it. Um, but I think even that act in itself is presenting that culture that you are taking it away from in a certain light. It does influence, I think, the way that people think, and I don't know whether that's really ethical. It's kind of a moral issue. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, I know. I'm so like, I'm so yeah. I'm a little bit touchy about talking about that stuff because I don't want to like offside anyone. But but that's the discussion. <laughs> it's basically yeah, a, an issue of of power, and then also viewing things as as belonging universally to everyone um but you know in that way it kind of silences certain people's point of views and um i don't know it raises a question i mean if somebody has has i mean if the if the egyptians decided that they wanted just to destroy the pyramids like should we let them i mean it's (laughs) theirs you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, like where do you stand on that it's interesting Mm. i mean there's so many i guess heritage like what we would consider heritage listed Mm you know, sites mm. that have just been turned into other things or graffitied or whatever oh, yeah. it is, especially in these older cultures yeah. where there hasn't always been a reverence for what they have. And, and mm. I guess over here, we look at our oldest buildings are like 100 years old mm-hmm. or 200, yeah, if, yeah. If, they're, yeah. if you're lucky. And then you have yeah. these sites that are thousands of years old getting bombed in like, yeah. you know, little conflicts. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a. I think we're in a really unique position as such a young country to not have an experience with that kind of history. Oh yeah, yeah. That is that is really interesting. I haven't really modern history. I guess like obviously the yep. indigenous people have their own history as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know, and I think sometimes people view history in Australia as beginning when um, mm. Europeans arrived, which is really problematic. Um, I don't really know how much that's changed in schools, but I would be interested because I don't remember ever learning anything about Indigenous Australian history when I was at school. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, aside from maybe going to some on like some nature walks Mm. and, and, you know, Mm. seeing learning some bush tucker stories or whatever it might be. But yeah, yeah. and I I suppose it's the, the, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders haven't had like a established cities and, mm. and that kind of thing that we can see the remnants mm. of so that people often correlate that directly to history, mm. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, there are definitely yeah. things that you that you can find if you know where you're going. Like there are some, sure. I think, um, yeah, structures, like definitely like rock art and things like that. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of, yeah. you know, people are interested in those grand, old, beautiful, classical buildings and those ancient tombs mm. and stuff um but yeah, i but absolutely. i but i definitely think that's part of just people not knowing like have never been explained to them why it is important either and i think that needs to mm. change a lot um and that could probably start in schools i suppose mm. yeah i feel like it's happening more now than it used to yeah. at least so that's that's a good start mm. so what would you say was the hardest part of this process of becoming an archaeologist. I know you haven't done field work, mm. but you're basically you're basically there. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, the hardest part, I think, um, just oh man, just I think just getting through uni. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting through uni, it's uh, a lot of research, a lot of writing, a lot of years. Uh, I think like minimum we need honors. I think so. You 
you have to be hitting the high marks all the time um, mm. to get into honors and then completing honors. But I think it's probably the same for anyone who's studying is that you're not really sure what you're meant to do when you're done. Like, how do you look for mm. work? <laughs> what kind of, you know, what kind of things, are you, who do you need to talk to? I just think the whole experience was just so positive for me. Like the whole learning experience that I had was so good. Um, the sure. hardest part was just balancing life and study and university. Unfortunately, I don't feel is for everyone, even though I think everyone should do some sort of, um, you know, extra education, but it's all the deadlines and things was just killer to me. It just doesn't mm. doesn't work with my lifestyle or like the way that I like to do everything in my own time or in my own way. Um, so that was really hard. So I just had to push through that. But I mean, I just, I feel really lucky because my university experience was so good. All of my um, teachers and lecturers were amazing. They're all really established in the field as well. So I felt like I got really the best Ooh. out of all of it that's cool yeah so they're people with a lot of field experience oh yeah in- yeah 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 a yeah. lot of um the work that i did in my thesis was based on some of their books and the research that they had done so cool. okay mm. so where does that leave you as far as you know i don't know if you can just pick up the newspaper and find a <laughs> job that says archaeologist wanted <laughs> yeah you know? i think there's like there's yeah i um i don't know i i know that there's definitely jobs out there, definitely. But they usually, I think, uh, in Australia, they might be under the heritage umbrella a lot more. Mm-hmm. I would really like to work overseas, though, because I did community okay. and public archaeology. I'd love to go to the UK and do some work because they love their public archaeology over there. Yeah, I think uh, for the rest of the year, I'm just going to chill. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to chill. And um, yeah, but every now and then I'm on Seek or whatever, and I'm like looking at jobs and seeing what's around. And there is actually stuff if you're looking for it, it's actually that, which I was surprised about. Mm, yeah, but cool. I think how it works is you sort of you sign up with um, like consulting agencies and stuff. And then when work comes mm. up, you just apply. You just apply that way. And then you can do either full-time or part-time work or do seasonal field work or whatever. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can start like an Instagram account and uh, it can be like, you know, an, an anonymous kind of archaeology mm. account and you can post all these cool photos from all over the world. I, I know. Cool. If people would pay me to go around <laughs> and look at sites, that would be great. <laughs> because there's so much. Yeah. There's so much I could talk about for sure. And it definitely fits in with that community archaeology mm. thing. It's just like, you know, public outreach type stuff. You know, this is this is what we do mm. and why it's important. This is how you can get involved. Yeah. I guess as someone who has, you know, you, you know a lot of people who work in streaming and mm. YouTube, do you think there is room for to, to bring archaeology into new media mm. and kind of expose it to people and explain what it really is and mm. bring it into the new era? Yeah. I would really love to, to be honest. I think it, I, I definitely think there is a place for it. I don't necessarily know how to go about it, but uh, I've been thinking <laughs> about it for sure. I've definitely been thinking about it. I have had a little go of streaming, but it wasn't my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't my favorite, but perhaps YouTube would be better to have, you know, like something, um, yeah, something that would stay up. Are there archaeology YouTube Um, channels? There, I think there are. There must be. Yeah, Yeah. there must be. Because uh, it's, yeah, it's interesting that you brought this up too, because when I was doing my thesis and I was trying to, um, you know, uh, like look up theory and stuff. It's so difficult to just pick up a book on theory and read it. So I was just like trying to look for <laughs> videos of just short videos where people would just talk about it at like the very bottom yeah. level. Like this is what this is. 
yeah, and that actually helped me heaps because some people had made like really short videos um, about those type of things. So yeah, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I could totally, I could totally do this. I could totally do yeah. this. Someone needs this. It may only be one person like me, but someone needs it. Um, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people are interested in archaeology. Hmm. Sure. I'll just have to dress up Definitely. as Indiana Jones and make it theatrical. <laughs> exactly. Or the mummy. Or the know, mummy, Brendan, yeah, which Brendan, is which is my Brendan personal Fraser and his, favorite. His and his missus, how dare you call her? No, Evie. Evie. What's her name? Evie. Evie. Evelyn. Yeah. She's the best. Beautiful name. It is. And I think that uh <laughs> like there's there's a channel that I really like that it's it's a lawyer who's like he goes through all these TV shows and movies and oh. gives them like ratings and compares them to like what's actually the law. Oh. And often like they're just way off and he's like talking about whether it's done well or accurate or inaccurate and at the end he gives it like a you know a ruling i guess so it'd be cool to Mm. see someone do that with archaeology Mm. and say like Mm. this is a realistic depiction this is completely wrong this is what we would actually do in that situation that would be really cool i would watch that cool that's interesting i'm gonna do it (laughs) i'm gonna do it Mm. now (laughs) thank you (laughs) the dream starts uh, here you can credit me yeah yeah, I will for sure. Absolutely. Need to do a few digs first. Yeah. And we can yeah. get that going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would be your advice to, um, I guess, mm-hmm. students that, whether it's archaeology or some other grueling PhD mm-hmm. thesis, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. honors, like it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot to set yourself up for when you know what's ahead. But from talking yeah. to you, it sounds like it was 100% worth it. What's your advice to people oh, that yeah. are facing that kind of study commitment? Oh my god! You have to do something that you love, <laughs> that you're interested yeah. in. Um, yeah, because there's always going to be some parts of your course or your study that are garbage. Like, <laughs> I did some subjects <laughs> that I absolutely hated, but like eighty percent of them I really loved. And um, as grueling as doing the thesis was, it was it was such a huge step up from the bachelor's degree. Like, it does not prepare you for it. But if I can do it, I feel like anyone can. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I didn't, I didn't love it. I probably wouldn't have gotten through it. You just gotta just keep going. I don't know. It's just you yeah. have to like learn something about yourself along the way. I, I I wanted to give up so many times and I didn't. I just pushed through it. Um, you know, I took the support of my friends and family when they gave it to me, and I kind of accepted that my circumstances weren't really ideal for taking on such a huge project. But I just found a way to make it work, um, mm. and it's so worth it. And I think even at the end, I was. I felt like I still wasn't ready to hand it in. I was like, I'm making a huge <laughs> mistake. Um, but I was like, whether I, I fail or pass, it actually doesn't matter because I've still done all the work and I still got yeah. something out of it. And so I just had that attitude of like, I love this so much. I'm so passionate about this. You know, do I really need that piece of paper at the end that says, yeah, you passed when I still, you know, did everything <laughs> I needed to. And I probably will yeah. if I want a job, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah. I still don't regret any of it, you know? It's a good mindset to have. I yeah. Think. Yeah. If you have that mindset, you're going to do well, mm. you know, mm. if we'll you work see. hard and, <laughs> and you have good attitude. Yeah. 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 Has everything to do with perspective, I think. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, last question that I have for you, Alice, mm-hmm. if you could do anything, mm-hmm and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that before. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I haven't really planned my life past this point. (laughs) (laughs) If we narrow it down, like if you could do any archaeological 
feet, mm. what would it be? Oh, man. Count your feet. I mean, you could discover mm. Atlantis, El oh. Dorado. Oh, you know. okay. Oh, we're talking completely <laughs> fantasy. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I would, um, if I if I could do something, um, I would like to do archaeology on Mars or something interplanetary. Uh, yeah, I'd be looking for aliens for sure. Yeah, you might not find uh, you might not find much, but it'd certainly be an adventure. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'd be uh, yeah, I'd be going through the the Stargate and I'd be doing archaeology. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what's this? Oh, it's a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I I mean, it's yeah, it's too realistic, but I probably be yeah developing community archaeology everywhere and spreading the word it's good recruiting everyone <laughs> that's a good answer sure. <laughs> well um hopefully we can keep up with your adventures mm. in some form mm. or another it'd be great to see what you get up to as you venture after your well-earned rest into the yeah. world of uh, archaeology so mm-hmm. congratulations on finishing and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Letting me talk about something that I probably will never have an opportunity to talk about again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely hope I have something more exciting to tell you next time too. Mm. <laughs> well, next time we meet, we'll um, we'll continue this conversation and take it to an even nerdier level, I'm sure. Yeah, nice. Nice. Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can catch Alice on Twitter at It's Alice Oak. If you'd like to support this podcast you can leave an itunes rating and review that goes a long way to getting the word out there if you want to go one step further you can support the 8-bit collective at patreon.com slash we are 8-bit that's where your monthly pledges can make podcasts like the comedy rewind happen help cover the costs of this show as well as the others inside the 8-bit collective for everything in nerd and pop culture course you can follow me on twitter at jono himself and until next week keep putting in work